0: so we're going to talk today um for a little while on this principle um regarding the blessed life and and we're going to talk this morning for a few minutes about generosity so i know that immediately when i begin to say the word generosity like our minds go to the word money or finance and we, we don't want to hear more about giving money and 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 I'm not here to take an offering up today i'm just here to to give you a principle to help you um, to really live a blessed life something that that you can take with you This isn't something that you just get today and you just chew on it, but you take it with you and you can like study it and, and really apply it to your life from here on out uh, but but i I know I know that there are people here already like you're you're i'm a, I'm a stranger right and and pastor brandon's already. So I was a Razorback fan. I don't know why that's a problem because we never win anything. Uh, so I don't know why you guys care about us. Um, like like the, the the most haunting memory I have is 1998 when Arkansas and Tennessee are playing and Clint Sterner fumbles the ball when we're trying to run the clock out and Tennessee goes on to win the national championship in 1998. So like I itch when I think about that and like I I have wailing and gnashing of teeth. And uh, but anyways. Uh, I, so I, I, get, I get all those things, like you came today, maybe it's your first time here, maybe you've been coming a long time, whatever the case is, and you, you're not even getting to hear the pastor preach this morning, you're hearing me, and on top of that, I'm here to talk about generosity, and so like I know part of you like shut me out immediately, and I'm okay with that because you don't want to hear about money, you don't want to hear about giving, you don't want to hear about generosity, you're done with that. And then, and then there's another side of, over here that says, hey, I already do that, way to go, you, you go ahead and do it, Trent, preach to them. Step on their toes i'm not, i 'm I'm, I'm exempt today i don 't have to listen to you today because I already do that, and then there 's the people who just aren 't sure about what i'm going to do or what I want to say, and you 're interested because I am new and and and, and you 're going to find out in a few minutes my whole sermons like revolves around goat hair and like who preaches on goat hair right i mean like really that 's the entire central theme of my sermon is is goat hair, and so now i 've got you hooked and and, and, and I, I want to keep everybody hooked because I want everybody here in this place, and everybody who comes as this church continues to grow and expand beyond beyond where you are now, to experience the blessed life. It matters, it's available, and it's something that all of us have at our disposal. So it's already been read this morning, and I promise you we did not get together before first service and talk, uh, but, but you've already heard Proverbs 11, 24, 25. It's, it's the opening text of my sermon, and so like when that happens to me, like when I'm getting ready to speak, and somebody reads part of my text, it gets me excited because I know we're on point, and I know God is in this, and I'm like, I might even do a little bit of, I can't dance, so I don't even do that. I'm just like done with that. Proverbs chapter 11, I'll read it again, different translation. Same principle. I've got to read it, though, because it really does matter. Proverbs 11, 24, 25. This is where the entire premise of a blessed life begins and ends. If we don't get this, we will not live a truly blessed life. We might live a blessed life according to the world's standard of blessing. We, we might live a blessed life according to the temporary things here on earth. But I want to live a blessed life that comes from Jesus Christ. I want to live a blessed life that goes beyond what I see here. I want to go beyond what my pay scale is, beyond what my retirement is, beyond what my job title is, beyond what the worth or value of my house or car is or is not. I want to move beyond the worldly possessions and get into a place where I experience a truly blessed life. That comes from God. One person is generous, yet grows more wealthy. Another withholds more than he should and comes to poverty. A generous person will be enriched, and the one who provides water for others will himself be satisfied. If I could sum it up real quickly. I'm not Solomon. I'm not near smart enough to write the book of Proverbs. But if I could just sum it up, it's simply this. If you're generous, you'll be blessed. Tip: If you are generous, you will be blessed. I have a um, beautiful kids. Maggie is ten. Ian is seven. Love, love my kids. And 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 Maggie's such a sweetheart, and Ian's such a knothead. But he he is, he is my bud. And, and <clears throat> honestly, I feel sorry for my wife sometimes because Ian has my personality, like the spitting image of my personality. And our personality is that we just want to pick, 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 and do just enough to cause you to react, and then take our hands off and say, "I didn't do anything." What? What? Like my wife is forever scared to walk around our house because who knows where Ian's going to jump out from, no matter what, to try to scare. He 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 offered Maggie. This this is this is my son. Okay, this is his concept of generosity, right? We're eating at a restaurant the other day. And my girl realizes she doesn't have a fork or a spoon to eat with. We're at a Mexican restaurant, and 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 she she always orders the same things: rice, beans, and tortillas. And and so Ian, all of a sudden, like, well, Maggie, here, you you use my fork. Well, we're like, man, look at Ian. He is like, he's being nice today. He's being kind to his sister, being generous. He's gonna give his fork. And so we're sitting there, a couple minutes pass, and Ian just kind of sitting there, and Maggie reaches over and gets my spoon. <laughs> I'm going to start laughing because this, this is so funny. He gets, he, she gets my spoon and begins to use this, and Ian just, like, freaks out. Maggie, I gave you my spoon, why, or my fork. Why don't you use what I gave you? And we're like, dude, it's just a fork. Chill. <laughs> He's he just sitting there stewing. And Maggie doesn't ever use that fork. And she doesn't understand why Ian's so mad. And my wife says, Bud, why, why are you so upset? He said, because I licked that before I gave it to her and I wanted her to use it. <laughs> he, he was so ticked. because. So that's not real generosity, right? That's, that's not, that's not true, true generosity. That's generosity motivated by... Selfish measures and selfish things. We 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 want to move beyond that, that concept. This is not a a, a a lesson or a sermon, nor is this a series where we are where I am or Pastor Brandon will in any way, shape, or form tell you that just because you're generous, God's automatically gonna do something for you. Because we're not in a barter system here. This isn't, okay, God, I'll do this for you as long as you do this for me. Or, I'm going to give today, and then three weeks later we just get frustrated and upset. What's wrong? Well, I gave the other day, and God hasn't done anything for me. And God, that's not how this works. That's not what true generosity is. The reason we give, how we give, our motivation, that's what really determines whether or not it's true generosity or whether it's just selfish self-serving promotion. So let's talk about this concept, this principle of generosity and what it means. So I find that there are two reasons why we as individuals struggle with generosity. Two reasons. We're going to talk about both of these. And let me give them to you from the beginning. Number one, we aren't generous because we don't like what we have to give. We don't like what we have to give. And number two, we have this false premise, this false perception that we cannot afford to give. Now, do not, do not let this term generosity or being generous be confined to just finances. This is not just a money issue. It's a serving issue. It's a talent issue. It's about letting God use everything he has given you in order to advance his kingdom, not your kingdom. We're going to talk about money issues, obviously, but, but it's, we're going to talk about more than just money because generosity is so much bigger than just the amount of money I can give. So number one, number one, I don't like what I have to give. So because I don't like what I had to give, I don't give. I said this in the first service. I'll say it again. Unfortunately, it hasn't changed, Pastor Brandon. I would love to give you $25,000 right now. But in between first and second service, that didn't happen. I, 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 the, the, the scratch-off lotto ticket didn't hit. No, I didn't buy one. I'm just kidding. I didn't buy one of those. That's a joke. Just don't judge me. I was just, that was a poor attempt at humor that I should retract, but I can never take back, and I've just wasted 30 seconds of your life with that. I would love to be able to give. I really would. I believe in the work here. I believe in the ministry. I don't say that. But I don't have $25,000 to give. So I did give something this morning when I walked in, though, because I want to sow something into the to the ministry of this church. Just because I didn't have what I wanted to give didn't stop me from giving something. And a lot of times we allow the fact that we don't have what we want to give, <clears throat> so we don't give it all. And that's what happens and we don't, when we don't like it, so... We just keep it for ourselves. So let's, let's go back into the book of Exodus for a few moments. Exodus chapter number 35. Between Exodus 25 and 40, you'll, you'll find where God speaks to Moses. Moses speaks to the children of Israel about preparing for the Ten of Meetings, to prepare something for them to have to worship, to celebrate where they were and to where they were going, to be able to offer sacrifice, to be able to gather together corporately. It's something that was needed and necessary for them And so we're going to pick up right in the middle, in Exodus chapter 35, beginning with verses 4 and 5. Here's what Moses says to the whole Israelite community. The Lord has commanded, from what you have, take an offering for the Lord. Everyone who is willing is to bring the Lord an offering. Let me read verse 5 one more time, because we need to dissect this just a little bit more. From what you have, take an offering for the Lord. Everyone who is willing is to bring the Lord an offering. Then we go down into verses 20 and 21. The Bible says, Then the whole Israelite community withdrew from Moses' presence. And everyone who was willing and whose heart moved them came and brought an offering to the Lord for the work on the tent of meeting, for all its service, and for the sacred garments. Very important that you understand the concept of generosity and and giving God speaks to Moses and then Moses relays to the people from what you have give willingly the principle of generosity has little to do with what you give it has everything to do with how and why you give it here's something really profound You're going to be glad you got up in this winter storm that you guys had last night. (laughs) This morning early, I was watching a local newscast here, and a reporter was out on the streets, live, breaking news, reporting road conditions. And there was literally nothing. (laughs) But he was not going to waste that assignment he got last night. And faithfully at 4.30 this morning, and he said when he was talking back to the people in studio, he said, and I, I met, met a lady who was here in the blizzard of 1993. Y'all remember, the, anybody remember? This is what this is news reporter. I don't remember what channel it was. I wish I did. I'd tell you to go watch their, their recorded archive. He said, and that lady said to me, this is nothing compared to what we had in 1993. <laughs> Journalism at its finest. You don't get that kind of news just anywhere in the United States. <laughs> so you got up and you survived all of that for you to hear this. It's really profound. Listen, and it's, it's, it's very important. You cannot give what you do not have to give. It's impossible. You cannot give what you do not have to give. We can go back into Exodus 35 beginning with verse number 5 and emphasize again what Moses says, "...from what you have, take an offering from the Lord. Everyone who is willing is to bring to the Lord an offering of gold, silver, and bronze." blue, purple, and scarlet yarn and fine linen, goat hair, ram skins dyed red and another type of durable leather, acacia wood, olive oil for the light, spices for the anointing oil and for the fragrant incense and onyx stones and other gems to be mounted on the ephod and breastplate, or breastpiece rather. You cannot give what you don't have. There's a pattern here. Not everyone had gold to give. Not everyone had silver or bronze to give. Not everyone had precious stones or precious sp- or spices for the anointing oil and fragrant incense. Not everybody had that special acacia wood. But some people had goat hair. And Moses said, from what you have, give it. So this is the whole point of the message. Right here. The offering of goat hair was just as necessary and important as the offering of gold. Ephesians 35, going down to verse number 22, says, All who were willing, men and women alike, came and brought gold, jewelry of all kinds, brooches, earrings, and ornaments. They all presented their gold as a wave offering to the Lord. What an awesome group to be a part of, right? I mean, getting all their gold, getting all their silver, even, even the wives are, are, I don't know if it was reluctantly, the Bible doesn't say, but they're even willing to give their jewelry, the things that they had amassed, their, the, the things that have been passed down from generation to generation, their savings, all this amazing stuff. Like, that would be a super cool group to be a part of, right? That would be awesome. I'm giving my gold to God. I'm giving my silver to God. I'm giving all my jewelry to God. I'm not doing it because I have to. I'm not doing it because I've been forced to. I'm not doing it because I've been manipulated into doing it. I'm just going to do it because I want to do it. I'm doing it because I'm willing, because I see the need. My heart has been moved to the ministry of the kingdom of God, and I'm just going to give all this I have to give. Verse 23, everyone who had blue, purple, or scarlet yarn, or fine linen, or goat hair. Like, goat hair. Other people brought other things. And some people brought goat hair. Verse 24 says, Those presenting an offering of silver or bronze brought it as an offering to the Lord, and everyone who had a case you would for any part of the work brought it. Major point. Everyone needs to understand. When it came to what they were giving, they all gave differently. But when it came to how and why, they all gave the same. They gave because their heart was moved. They gave because their heart was moved. This goes back all the way to Exodus chapter 25 because the entire starting point for the people's heart being moved was Moses responding to the voice of God. Back in Exodus chapter 25, God is very clear to Moses. It doesn't matter what they give, it matters how they give it. Exodus 25, 1 through 2, the Lord says to Moses, Speak to the people of Israel that they take for me a contribution from every man whose heart moves him. You shall receive the contribution of for me it's not about what you give it's why you give it i I think about ian i think about me being in the situation in exodus chapter 35 and i i I could just imagine ian with his buddies talking and ian's like hey man what 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 are y'all gonna give tomorrow in the offering man we're gonna give gold and silver what what are y'all gonna give Man, we're we're gonna give money and we're gonna give all of our jewelry away and, and we're gonna give our, our savings account away and somebody else. Well, my dad said that we're gonna give away that new truck and boat we just bought. We're gonna give it to God and let God do with it whatever He wants to. Another another person said, we're we're gonna give our house away. We're just gonna sell our house and we're gonna move somewhere else and whatever we we're gonna give that all away. And like I could just see in this situation, my son being all pumped up and motivated and coming home. Daddy, what are you gonna give? Goat hair. What? Daddy, my friends said they're giving away gold, and and, and, and and they're giving away cars, and they're giving away houses, and they're giving away all these amazing things. What? Yeah, we're giving away goat hair, son. We're going to get some goat hair. Can you imagine my son going back and telling his friends, we're giving goat hair, na, 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 nah, nah, and being laughed being laughed at because in light of gold and silver and all these amazing things goat hair just doesn't seem like much but it was necessary for the work of the lord see we we could we're not so don't worry i'm not, I'm not doing this but we could say right now okay how many of you are willing to to give a thousand dollars to invest in the future of city hills knoxville and we're not doing that so don't worry but there would be people stand. Yeah, I'm willing to do it. How many of you are willing to give 500? People would stand. What about 250? People would stand and we would keep going. And finally, we would get to a situation where a lot of people are standing. And then there's going to be people who are still sitting. And then we could say, what about those of you that can give $2.50? Would you stand? And there's, the people who have $2.50 to give are going to feel really intimidated. And they're going to feel like everybody is staring at them. Everybody is judging them because they're going to be the ones to stand up while everybody else is giving 1000 or 500 or 200 or whatever. They're going to give $2.50. So you know what happens? One of two things happens. Either you feel peer pressure to stand up and make a commitment you know you'll never be able to keep, or you sit and do nothing because you're too ashamed and you're too embarrassed to be able to give what God has given you to give. And in our economy, a thousand dollars is a whole lot more money than two dollars and fifty cents. But in God's economy, the value is one and the same. I mean, a dollar is worth a dollar, right? If you have $5 in your pocket right now, you've got $5 in your pocket. But in God's economy, $5 can be equal to $1,000 or $5,000 or $500,000 as long as you're giving what you have to give and you're giving it willingly. Not everybody here is going to give $2.50 because God's has given you more to give. But those of you that all God has given you to give is $2.50, I want to encourage you today to not ever be ashamed of what God has given you and not ever be afraid to stand up and say, God, I'm going to be a willing vessel, and you take what I have to give. Because that's what happened in the goat hair. All these things, and God says, I need some goat hair. See, we we have this issue where we discriminate against ourselves. This isn't just about money. It's not just about what I can give. This is about our talent and our our ability to serve and to give ourselves. I'll be very honest with you about me. There's been more than a few times where because I didn't like me, like I would stand in a mirror and I would judge me and what I could do or what I couldn't do, and because I didn't like it or because I felt intimidated by everybody else, I just stayed home. I, I didn't give it. I, I didn't get involved. I, your your pastor is an amazing speaker. I've heard him speak many times. And he's really creative. And So guys like that a few years ago, I just want to punch him in the throat. <laughs> and say, now try it, sucker. Because I'm done with you making me look bad. And it would be because of people like him that I would just be like, "Well, I can't do anything. I'm not. I'm, I'm not creative. I can't even spell the word creative, much less be creative. I can't speak. I'm not. I'm not good enough. I don't. I don't look good. I don't dress good enough. I, I'm. I don't, i do not My wife can tell you. We've been, We've been together. It's hard to believe. We've been together 15 years, and people think she's my daughter all the time. Like it just happened the other day at the car rental place. I said, I need to make her a a, a joint driver. What's her relationship to you? That's my wife. Oh, I thought it was your daughter. No, thank you very much. You're a jerk. (laughs) Pumping gas for her. About a year ago, I pulled in behind her. It was cold and raining outside, so I pulled in behind her, pumping gas. And some little old senile woman who needed to mind her own business (laughs) got out of the car and said, oh, honey, that's so sweet. My husband does that for our daughter, too. No, that's not my daughter, you dummy, that's my wife. (laughs) But she can tell you, there have been a lot of times where I've just withdrawn and I've just taken a step back because I didn't like what I had to offer and what I had to give. And so rather than step out and do what God wanted me to do or to give from what I had to give, nothing was done. Because I had judged myself to be unworthy to give anything. Here's the truth. A few years ago, I just embraced who I am. I'm just a nerd. That's me. I am who I am. I'm not going to ever be able to change. I can try, but it ain't going to happen. But it's because I accepted what I had to give that I'm here right now. Able to preach in such an amazing church. Because if it wasn't for the fact that I can work with numbers and what a what a well, you know, preachers love introductions. But when you get introduced as the tax accountant for a church, it's just like <laughs> it's one of the most humbling things ever. It's like, and coming to the platform right now to preach a tax accountant. <laughs> Thank you, everybody. I'll see you. <laughs> but if I hadn't have embraced that role. It's because I can actually work with numbers when nobody knows, and I understand nonprofit accounting and all that kind of stuff that I got the invite to preach here today because not just because I'm not preaching here today about taxes, but because I embraced what I had to give and I was willing to give it, it opened up more things and more value than I ever anticipated it happening. The Bible says that God can do infinitely more than we can ask or think. So when I give from what I have, it may seem so insignificant to me, and it may seem so unimportant to me, and it may seem so absurd to me, and God's saying, you know what, Trent, if you'll just give what you have to give, and you'll give it willingly, there's things coming down the road for you, there's doors opening for you, there's blessings coming from you that you never anticipated, that you could have never dreamed, because you give from what you have to give. So, right? I'm going an accountant, count it. And I'll own it. Just like I own my pleated khaki pants with cufflinks and a v-neck windbreaker, like a boss. <laughs> and that's what my wife gets to wake up to every day. Please tell me you're not wearing that, baby. <laughs> I am, because I'm an accountant. And I'm not the cool Ben Affleck accountant either. I don't have hidden guns anywhere. <laughs> I'm the nerd, but I give what I have to give, and I can't discriminate against myself because God made me a unique individual, and I am fearfully and wonderfully made just like you, and you have to give what God gives you to give. Nothing else. You can't give what somebody else has to give. And you can't wish upon a star that God would give you more to give than what you have. You just be faithful in what God gives you. Remember, if you're faithful in a little... God will honor you and let you be faithful in a whole lot. And you just keep giving and keep serving and keep plugging along. And it may seem insignificant and it may seem like it doesn't matter. But I promise you God is setting you up for a blessed life that you never dreamed of having. You may not know how to pray. You may not know how to read your Bible, but just start somewhere. Just say two or three words a day in prayer. Just read one verse of Scripture a day in in, in devotion and let God do amazing things in your life by giving what you have to give. Very quickly, the other reason that we have trouble with generosity is because we have this false thought that we can't afford to give it. I can't afford to. I realize that it's hard to be generous, especially for those of us who are struggling to make ends meet. Our schedules are stretched so thin, all of us. I mean, My schedule's busy like your schedule's busy, and, 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 and I have money problems like you have money problems, and, and I have uh, things going on. We all have reasons why we stop and we take, take a step back and say, how can I be generous? How can I be more generous? Because I barely have enough time now. I barely have enough resources now. The thought of actually being more generous is something that is just too hard for me to understand. Mark chapter 4, verse 25, Jesus reminds us that generosity begets generosity and stinginess impoverishes. This is the the issue with following Jesus. Take up your cross. Deny yourself and follow me. Jesus would say and Jesus would teach that if you want to keep everything, you have to be willing to give it away. And that that just seems so backwards to me. Like this loving, giving God would would say, whatever you want to keep, you've got to be willing to give it away. But that's what Jesus said. Jesus says that this is what we've got to do so it all boils down to this. It boils down to our motivation. It boils down to, to, to our attitude about generosity. And I'm just going to tell you this morning that your, your attitude and your motives about generosity must be moved by the grace of God. It's got to be about God's grace. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, the Apostle Paul, he's talking to the church at Corinth they're a little out of control. they're having some good old-fashioned awesome crazy wild moves of God going crazy in church and Paul's trying to say, okay, calm down it's great. I'm glad you do it but you got to remember the whole context of what Paul's talking about is is telling the church at Corinth it's good that you're doing you're having good church but remember it's not just about you, it's about others. You've you got to remember you've got to have church not just for yourself, but you've got to have church. Others as well, the people who aren't here yet, and so Paul Paul is talking to them about their generosity and about their giving and about what their attitude is about giving and things of that nature, and and so he brings in a rival. They don't like the church at Macedonia. That's their rival, and Paul begins to talk about this church in Macedonia. Who who the Bible tells us that they are going through many tests, struggles persecution, and poverty. They are so poor that one commentary says that they had reached the point of having poverty in despair. That's how bad it had gotten for them. Every reason, legitimate, a legitimate reason to not be generous. But listen to what Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 8. Now, I want you to know, dear brothers and sisters, what God in His kindness has done to the churches In Macedonia, they are being tested by many troubles, and they are very poor. But they are also filled with abundant joy, which has overflowed in rich generosity. Your circumstances and your environment should never dictate your moods or your emotions. The blessed life is a life filled with abundant joy. And no matter what you're going through, no matter what you're facing, you can find joy In Jesus Christ. That's what's going on at the church of Macedonia. Verse number 3, For I can testify that they gave not only what they could afford, but far more. And they did it of their own free will. They begged us again and again for the privilege of sharing in the gift for the believers in Jerusalem. They even did more than we had hoped for. Why? Why could a church, why could a group of people who were going through so many difficult situations, who were impoverished beyond thought. They had reached a point of despair. How could they be so generous? Because of grace. They were motivated by God's grace. And serving God became more important to them than serving themselves. They thought of themselves as very little, in comparison to what God could do in and through them. And so they were willing to give even when they were told you can't afford to do it, they still gave because, verse 9, you know the generous grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, so that by his poverty he could make you rich. The Macedonians were so thankful for the the sacrifice that Christ had made for them, and they were so vitally aware of what they had received in Christ, forgiveness, growth, new family, eternal life, that they were motivated out of grace to give as much as they could. Grace must become a motivation. See, we, we, we can look at this through grace or through law. Old, new. We, we don't live under the law anymore. We live through grace. We have grace that we can live in. And so there's 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 this contradiction or this con- conflict going on when it comes to our generosity because under law, I give in order to be accepted by God. But under grace, I give because I'm already accepted by God. Under Under law, I'm giving because of duty and privilege that I don't, I I don't like or obligation which I resent, but under grace, I'm given because I want to give because God has been so good to me. Under, under the law, I give the least I can give to keep Pastor Brandon from calling me and saying, why aren't you, why aren't you helping the church out? I do just enough to to get by the bare minimum in order to, to just barely skirt around anybody notice that I'm not really doing, but, but under grace, I give as much as I can in order to express my gratitude to God for His love. So what moves your heart? What is it that motivates you to give? Is it God's voice that's propelling you or is it a self-propelled desire to obtain and keep as much as you possibly can for yourself, see, my sin nature doesn't naturally desire generosity toward the things of God. But here's the thing: stinginess always flows from law giving, but generosity comes from the grace of God. So I get it, and I know. I mean, when's enough? Enough, right? Seriously, that's not that's not tr- that's not a trick question. It's not even rhetorical. When's enough enough? When, when, when have I done enough that you're going to stop talking about generosity? When, when have I sacrificed enough? When have I given enough? I've done all I can do. I've done more than other people have done, and the more I do, the more you seem to want. And to ask for more seems unreasonable at best. See, I've had that attitude myself, just, just me being real in, in a moment of really embarrassing transparency. That I've I've gotten in these moments and seasons of my life where I felt like, well, okay, God, I've accepted what I had to give, so I've given it, but now you want more, and I've given way more than a lot of other people, so I'm entitled to skip out on this one, right? I mean, you you can just go to somebody else. It doesn't have to be me this time. I mean I, I do enough already. I'm I'm busy just like everybody else. I I I've got stuff. I've made commitments. I've I've done things. I I work for a church. I, I do it on a volunteer basis. I give. I, I all these things. I mean I'm a nice guy. God, sometimes enough's enough, right? I'll never forget when I was studying this topic a couple of years ago. I was praying and I was having one of those moments of like I'm done with this generosity stuff. I've I've given. I mean, I I volunteer. I show up. I give money. I, I do things for no for free. I travel. I mean, I've, I've you know I spend time away from my kids for ministry. I've done enough, and I'm just gonna chill for a little while. And I'm gonna just stop. And all of a sudden, a question popped in my mind, like God just spoke right to me. And So any of you here who have had those moments, maybe you're having that moment right now. You struggle with that thought of when's enough enough? Here's the question I ask you When does God's grace stop? Because the moment God's grace stops is the moment that you can stop being generous. God's grace never stops, it just keeps going. Paul would go on to tell the church at Corinth in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, the point is this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. In other words, if you're stingy, you're not going to get anything. But whoever sows bountifully or whoever is generous will also reap bountifully or will ever reap generosity. But each person's got to give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion because God loves a cheerful giver, and God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that having all sufficiency in all at all times, you may abound to every good work. As it is written, he is distributed freely, he has given to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. He who supplies the seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. Verse 11 sums it all up. You're going to be enriched in every way so that you can be generous in every way never stops the more God blesses you the more generosity the more God does the more we should be motivated to give money time talents it matters not because I have to give not because I'm required to give not because Pastor Brandon is asking me to give Not because I'm trying to get them off my back. Not because if I don't give, somebody will say something bad about me. But I give because my heart is moved towards furthering and advancing the kingdom of God. That's why I give. See, the reality is this. God doesn't need your generosity. God's got everything. He controls it all. I mean, he, he supplies your breath this morning. He, he doesn't need your generosity. You need your generosity. Because generosity is a heart issue. It's a heart issue. And if I'm willing to be generous, my heart is pretty good. Because where your heart is, that's where your treasure is, right? And so if I want to amass everything for myself or be selfish and keep, 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 that means I've got a selfish, hardened heart. But if I give, get, and then I give, and I'm generous, my heart is generous. And we need that generosity in every area of our life. You may think it's small and insignificant. But God's saying, you don't see the value that I see in you. We got, we got anybody here this morning that worked the parking lot? Anybody here that worked the parking lot first thing? Come on, come on, you. Come here, stand beside Simon. Sorry, he raised his hand first. No, no, not not, not against you. No, hop up here. Come on. I need you up here with me right now. So, so. He works the parking lot. Nobody likes to work the parking lot. He may say he likes it. He doesn't. (laughs) Because I work the parking lot. So it doesn't matter how hot it is or how cold it is or how wet it is. Or how much snow you have. <laughs> parking team's out there, right? Parking team's out there. Sometimes it feels like it's not significant, what, what you're doing in the parking lot. Jimmy, your name's Jimmy, right? Yep. Jimmy. we we'll me tell you a story about what one man who decided to give goat hair to the kingdom of God accomplished in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. His name is Bradley McDonald. He's one of the most quiet, non-assuming men I've ever met in my life. Very shy, doesn't speak up a lot, doesn't have the greatest outgoing personality. As a matter of fact, he doesn't even have the qualification to be a parking lot guy. Because he's not the guy that's going to walk up to you and say, What up, man? Wait a, I'm glad to see you. He's the guy that's going to say, Welcome to Acacia. That's, that's what he does. That's, that's who Bradley is. But every Sunday... He's there. Every week he's blowing off park off leaves off the sidewalks. He's putting signs out, hanging flags up. Because parking lot guys, did you do first service parking or second service parking? Both. Both. Oh, this guy really serving. Because <laughs> early morning parking guys get here way before anybody else gets here. A few, few months ago, guy walked into acacia. He was mad at God. His name is Joel Dorman. Pastor Brandon, he was irritated with God because he had brought his family to Baton Rouge, Louisiana because God gave him a vision to start a church. And that church lasted for a year, and it shut down. He had lost all his money. All his friends were making fun of him. And he walked into Acacia on a Sunday morning, his wife and kids... And he was so angry and so mad at God that when he closed the door, he looked up at God and he said, God, I'm here because of my wife and my kids, but I don't give a flip about you. I don't want anything to do with you. I'm done. Joel gets out of the car and he walks up and the first person he sees is Bradley McDonald. Bradley's not going up and chest bumping. Hey! It's not Bradley. It was literally this. You, you can be Joel, I'll be Bradley walking. And it was, thanks for coming to Acacia. And they walked away. Six weeks later, Joel Dorman stood in front of our serve team on a Wednesday night or a Tuesday night and they began to talk about why he came back to God. His kids loved the Acacia kids. He was really upset about that because he was hoping that his family wouldn't want to go back to church, but they wanted to. When he stood and talked, it had nothing to do with Pastor Russ's speaking ability. It wasn't because of our music, but the entire reason he was willing to come back. In his words, he said, it's because when somebody just said, I'm glad to see you. It was like God just went back in and said, "Joel, I love you." Do you know where Joel Dorman is today, Pastor Brandon? He's back in California. He's pastoring. Less than a year ago, he hated God, but because somebody in the parking lot said, "I'm just gonna, get, I'm just gonna give a little goat hair today." Not only is a family back to God, but now he's pastoring and leading people because of goat hair. Thank you, Jimmy. I, I, I was walking this morning. I went out. I was chewing some gum between the service. I'm sorry, I'm a little bit long, but I just I feel this moment right now. I, I was I was walking and. And I had to go spit my gum out because I, had, I just wanted to make sure my breath was okay in between services. And I walked around to the restrooms with my gum and I walked back and there was a couple that was dropping off their little baby, maybe a year old, I don't know, and she was not having it. She was not in a good mood. She did not want mommy and dad to leave. And I stood back because I just wanted to see what happened when mom and dad walked off. I, I don't know the nursery worker's name. I don't know who she is. I don't know. The majority of you, if you don't have a baby over there, you you wouldn't even know what she looked like. But what mom and dad don't know is in about 30 seconds, that nursery worker had that baby just doing this. And that baby, she stopped crying. I I don't see that baby in here, so I'm assuming it worked out. (laughs) In other words, somebody unassuming gave some goat hair insignificantly to the majority of you people. But there's a mom and dad in here today who got to just enjoy the presence of God because somebody said my goat hair matters. I may not be able to sing. I may not be able to preach. I may not be able to get up front. But I'm going to give what I have to give. And when you give what you have to give, God blesses you But more importantly, God blesses others. And that is invaluable. And that is the blessed life. Stand with me this morning.